This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. And this is Emma Sasek's interview with the co-creator for the television series Swarm, Janine Neighbors. If I got to do her makeup, I wouldn't be able to touch her face. My hands would be shaking so much. You still tweeting from that old ass Swarm account? Mm-hmm. She is not like everybody else. She knows what we're thinking and she gives it a name. She's a goddess. With your feet on the air and your head on the ground. I gotta grow up, Dre. I can't stay here with you. Why are you doing this to me? I had to ask you to leave. Try to strip and spin it. What do you think she's doing right now? <laughs> Who's your favorite artist? <laughs> You're a killer bee. Part of the swarm. <laughs> Talk about Nyjah. He gets stung. They are not your friends. Those are some crazy ass fans. Um, so thank you again so much, Janine, for your time today. I'm sure that it's been a really exciting past <laughs> few weeks. I know that you are kind of on the Emmy campaign trail with Swarm. How are you feeling about, about everything so far? You know, I'm feeling really great. You, you know, you work on a show and it's, it, it is, a lot of people say this, but it's true. It is a little bit like your baby and you're just <laughs> letting it kind of grow, go off to school, you know? So yeah. I feel like a proud parent. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I, I know that you have written on Roar before. You've written with Atlanta, um, obviously collaborated with uh, with your uh, co-creator there uh, on this show. Um, how has it been like you know because you are the showrunner you're the creative of swarm i'm sure that this process as you said very much like nurturing your child all of it's kind of been different this time around oh yeah definitely i mean you learn so much when you actually create a show on your own um or you know in the regards to co-creating it even just having that space as someone who's making all of the decisions and really crafting a character in a way you know, and I remember very specifically one of the writers just saying, you know, only you can write this show. <laughs> you know, like this is like this character is weird. You know this <laughs> character very, very well. You know, we're gonna do our best. But and it's true. I think that's it's it's that's almost true with almost any show. You don't really realize that until you create it. It's like, oh well, this is coming out of my head. So mm-hmm. this is the this is this is the the dance of of figuring out who this character is with mm-hmm. other incredibly talented people. And my goodness, what a character this is. <laughs> In general, this show is just fascinating. I know from um, 
prior to the show coming out on Amazon, I was reading a little bit about it. I was so fascinated by the way that eventually seeing it, um, really just the inspirations to real life. I know <laughs> that uh, a certain artist is never named. However, we can kind of pull together some inspirations from that. But I think the thing that was so fascinating was, um, you know, especially in the first episode, when we see uh, Chloe Bailey's character, what happens with mm -hmm. her and how that was kind of inspired by an urban legend online surrounding um, Lemonade, Beyonce's album. I'm curious yeah. for you, how did you come across some of these stories that, yes, we know some of the things that were covered in tabloids with uh, a certain artist, but some of these like deeper, like Twitter threads, it seems like really deep in it stories. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's interesting because I, I, I wrote on season three and four of Atlanta and a lot of the stories off of Atlanta were all, are also like kind of YouTube, Twitter, internet stories. And, um, and so that's just kind of been the basis of, of just how Donald and I have been created, creating the last few years, having worked together. And so, you know, when he pitched the idea of like, okay, I really want you to write a story about a serial killer that's obsessed with a pop star, I just very, very, I, I just had a very clear memory of that 2016, you know, April 2016 internet rumor about a girl from my hometown um, who killed herself because she realized that her boyfriend was cheating on her. And so there was this, that just felt like a, a way into the story because it, for so long, I thought it was so real. And then when you know when going online and and realizing that it wasn't real but seeing these kind of twitter you know these tweets that still existed yeah you know because you know nothing like you know when you tweet something it kind of just stays in the universe you know it doesn't go away and so that was that was really great that was just like fuel for for this really interesting way into the story and so and so every episode has like some sort of, you know, true crime, true internet rumor, like headliney something to mm -hmm. it. And that was what we were really committed to was just putting this really incredible character in very various different like scenarios um, that we found and, and, and allowing her to kind of help evolve the story through through this the violence the violence around her and the violence that she was actually committing yeah i i thought it was so interesting the um the one episode with billy eilish as like yeah. this very interesting cult leader i yeah. was reading a little bit about how that had some inspiration from real life too and then the mm. second to last episode is like among the most meta things uh yeah. <laughs> i'm sure you may have been involved in not to mention yeah. seeing donald glover like a legitimate interview used yeah. with him from the red carpet in all of this um you know working on the show did it kind of I guess like flex a certain creative muscle that maybe you didn't have a chance to necessarily flex prior to it. Or I know since you said on Atlanta, you guys mm. kind of got to incorporate some of these elements. Um, how did just doing the show in general kind of, um, I guess, differ from some of that work previously? 
Well, we knew we had a two and a half year timeline. We were really committed to, okay, we know where this story begins and we know where this story ends. We know it's going to end with this very public event that was also viral of this fan running on stage, right? So, so we had, we had like, we had like confined time, which actually was very helpful, mm-hmm. you know, and, and knowing that the store start, the story started in Houston and ended in Atlanta and that there were these kind of like little benchmarks within the worlds of a certain pop star that we wanted to hit. And then these kind of like, and then these like crimes that existed in and around those areas, like that was, I mean, it just felt, it was like a lot of, um, it was just, it was, it was like food. We were just, it was amazing. <laughs> we had, you know, and so a lot of research went into just making sure that we had, you know, the stories that we could kind of tell within each episode. Um, and obviously, you know, there is some liberty taken with all of the stories, but, you know, just finding a way to like really, um center it in in um our own kind of like our own rule of like okay we're not going to break this rule like Mm -hmm. this is this is a true story this is this isn't a work of fiction so how can we actually like really pull this off with with this character and so that was a lot of fun it was a (laughs) lot of fun working around that okay round two name something that's not boring Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, over prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I will say every time I saw that this is not a work of fiction, any like similarities are intentional. That always gave me chills <laughs> just because right. I was just like, oh, my God, Dominique Fishback's character is like among the most terrifying people possible. Right. What do you mean this isn't fictionalized? Right. But I right. love that blend of, you know, obviously taking that inspiration from real life while having those creative liberties. Um, right. Speaking of Dominique Fishback's character and and just her in general, she she does such a phenomenal job in this show, and I'm sure that you got a front row seat to all of it. Um, what uh, when you were writing the show, did you have Dominique in mind for this character, or did that kind of come later on? I guess I'm curious how how the two of you got together on this. Yeah, we really. Um, I I was really interested in 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 finding an actor who no one knew. Um, I think what I loved about Atlanta was that, you know, with the exception of Donald, like the rest of them were, were so new and, and fresh and no one, you know, that show kind of made them into stars. And so for me, the fact that we were kind of really, uh, you know, showcasing uh, a black woman on the run to who exists, <laughs> you know, um, and no one knowing who she is. It was important to me to find someone who who was a new actor, and so that's what we were looking for for a while. And and then when we 
spoke with Dominique, you know, she had just done Judas and the Black Messiah, which I thought was so incredible. She's amazing in that film. She's amazing in it. And I remember (laughs) watching it and I couldn't stop watching her. And I was like, that woman's a star. Um, But when we got to, when we got to kind of chat with her, we offered her Marissa because I was like, oh, she's, she's a star. She just did this incredible movie. Like she's not going to want to do TV. You you know what I mean? Like I, I was just like, let her do, (laughs) let her fly and do whatever (laughs) she wants to do. But she was really, really hungry for the role of Dre. And, and that was incredible. That was really surprising. And we were really, and, and at that point I kind of, you know, I was such a fan of her and I was like, Donald, you know, you're the director of the pilot and you're an actor. I'm not an actor. Like I I allowed, it was very easy for the two of them to kind of go off into their own space and have these really interesting conversations about this character Mm -hmm. Um, and to feel confident to allow that to happen because it is a really hard character. And I think Donald, and her were really great at like cracking, you know, just like through his direction and through her, like through her kind of her just diving into this character, like what, what it was on screen for them and for me, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, you have such a huge star studded cast in this film. Yeah. There's Paris Jackson, Billie Eilish, as I mentioned, Chloe. Um, I'm sure all of these, musicians actors they all maybe have some experiences with stan culture they're all so popular in their own rights um did you guys get a chance to really talk a little bit about everyone's individual thoughts on stan culture obviously the show portrays it in a very very dramatic horrifying way but you know did any of those kinds of conversations happen on set too you know, we never really led with it because for us, it was always the story of a, a black woman obsessed or, or a, a black woman who's a serial killer, a serial mm-hmm. killer obsessed with a pop star. That's mm-hmm. kind of where we, that was like the basis of the story right. always. And I think the commentary on Stan culture is definitely, it's definitely there. It has to be because you're looking at someone who's obsessed with the internet and 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 this particular um woman who's a huge star um you know uh, I think everyone was drawn all of the people who are singers who acted in this are I think very drawn to it probably because of the commentary that they might feel within the words within the story for themselves you know but it wasn't something that I, it wasn't a conversation I had with like Billy or, mm-hmm. or Paris or Chloe. I think, I think they all kind of recognize a version of Dre, which was exciting um, and, and also terrifying. So, but that I think was what drew them to the project. Yeah. So it did have this like kind of meta feel to it. Um but I don't think that we were all kind of dissecting Stan culture in a, in a way together. Right. Um, I know we have to wrap up in just a little bit. Um, I do have to wonder, I don't know if you can or cannot answer this question, but you know, I'm curious if you showed the show to a certain pop star that we all know and love and you know, any kind of comments that you got on it um, from that person's perspective. <laughs> you know, people have asked me this question and I, I, 
I thought she had seen it, but then I wasn't sure. But I, I've heard, I've heard that on her recent um, Renaissance tour that she has given Swarm a shout out very publicly. Oh my so I have not, I don't know much more than that. I know <laughs> it's something that I'm not on Twitter. It's like a, a Twitter thing that she kind of did a, you know, a nod to, but I, you know, obviously she's really good friends with Donald. So I don't, I don't think that it's, you know, it's all, it's all out of respect and love and just, you know, telling a story that is, is true to, to what this story is, which is Dre in her, in her, in her world. Right. Also, what a huge win. I mean, getting a shout out at the (laughs) Renaissance tour. Oh my God. (laughs) It was some sort of nod. Yeah. (laughs) That's just awesome. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Janine, for your time today. It was, it was such a pleasure to chat with you and to learn a little bit more about the show. And, and really congratulations on not only this work, but all of your previous work. And I'm sure a lot of great things to come. Awesome. Thank you so much. Very, It was very sweet talking to you. Thank you. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Emma Sassick's interview with the co-creator for the television series Swarm, Janine Neighbors, here on the Next Best Picture podcast. Swarm is up for your consideration for this year's Emmy Awards in all eligible categories and is available to stream now on Amazon Prime Video. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support. Which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we will see you all next time. Something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.